Hello everyone out there. Welcome to another segment of Surviving Life with Virtual Health and Wellness where we deal with mental health issues and just overall uh, topics for life improvement in general. Today's topic is going to be on mental health and racism. Um, Today we're going to do things a little bit differently where we normally do a scenario Today, we don't have a scenario for this part one of this segment, but we will have a a scenario for part two. During today's segment, we also have a guest speaker, Mr. Ujima, who is in law enforcement. Mr. Ujima? Hey, Hey, Ms. Parker. How are you? I'm glad to be here. Thank you. We're glad to have you here as well. So, we're going to be covering some questions that I'm sure many of you out there in the community have in regards to law enforcement. The first question that we want to cover is, Mr. Ujima, can you kind of tell us a little bit about what it is the, what is the role of police and are they failing in that role? Well, that's a very interesting question, and of course, it's a multifaceted question um, that requires us to delve deeply into why we have police and why are police so important. In terms of whether they're failing or not, um, that uh, can be a very, very divisive topic. However, one of the most, uh, one of the most important matters about police that people need to realize is that they're there to maintain order. However, police are not detectives in the sense that they solve crimes per se. They're there to maintain scenes, they're there to maintain public safety, um, they're, main, they're there to promote public safety, and the, the police are the public, and the public are the police because police aren't separate human beings. They're the same people with the same feelings that you have. They suffer from fatigue, they suffer from mental health issues, they suffer from having a bad day, from having a good day. Uh, They are us and we are them. So in that, we must be aware that police are there to promote the public safety. And a lot of times, the police are called. Those are the first people that are on the scene and usually the last people to leave the scene. They're the first people on the front lines and they're always there to, we hope, to protect the public. And what are they protecting us from? From acts of violence. They're protecting our properties. They're protecting the children in our communities. And even they're in the public schools. They're protecting our students and our teachers. And as we see now, more so from probably 2000 on having the police in the public schools as a safety measure. So the question you ask, are they failing? What do you think, Ms. Parker? I think in some, before I even answer that question, let me just say that they do play a vital role in society where they are supposed to protect and serve. Although I do feel like sometimes that is forgotten. Um, but you mentioned something that was very important. Um, they are human and 
humans come with flaws. So this mentality that police officers can do no wrong and they can't be racist and they can't, you know, make mistakes. I think that is 100% incorrect. And because of that mentality, it feeds, I mean, it feeds into the culture that we have today where people in the community have lost trust in the in police officers and it feeds into breeding more corrupt police officers because if you feel like you are above the law that you are supposed to be upholding um, in that instance, I think that there's definitely a failure or a breakdown somewhere along those lines. Well, I think that's a good, a good way of really talking about the subject in terms of a breakdown. Because a police officer is, has the ability to de-escalate a situation. We know in the many domestic disputes that are our society that they're called for those issues, that they come. And their main task in that serious situation is to try to de-escalate a situation or detect criminal behavior or stop individuals or groups from creating a threat to others. So law enforcement is a very integral part of trying to provide safety and a sense of security in a society. However, as you mentioned, police are human beings. And this notion that they're above the law that you talked about, or above reproach, is definitely a topic worth discussing in detail. <clears throat> However, we know that they're not above reproach. And we know that we have a history of um, the role of police in society, unfortunately, into some negative aspects. aspects. However, we do need to talk about the positive aspects. We need to, we do need to talk about how the community comes to appreciate the police because they're usually the first ones being called. So when you say, are they failing, failing in that role? I wouldn't give police a standard F. Is there a lot that we need to work on and reevaluate? Yes. And I think the society is ready to have that discussion. Do you feel that way? I think that that's very, um, you, just, you just brought up a very, very good point. Now, when I said what I said, I was in no way lumping all police officers into that same category. I know some police officers who happen to be some very, very good police officers, and I personally would trust them with my life. However, I do have issues with the ones who uh, whose agenda is different from upholding the law they have a whole different you know agenda going on well uh, and that moves into the second part about how important is it for police to have community support and trust mm-hmm. because you talked about a few officers that you said that you would trust their life your life in their hands mm-hmm. in terms of trying to de-escalate a situation or preventing the commission of crimes or public nuisance or anything of those nature. However, what we have to try to understand is that communities and the police departments are supposed to work collaboratively together to promote
promote the safety of the society. The question becomes, are police promoting the safety of society within our communities, and why do we have this distrust? If we don't have distrust, then we have to ask the question, how can we support police more? Or do police, or are police feeling supported? Because unfortunately, we come to see in our society that police and teachers almost most make the same amount of money in their very important roles in society. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Very good point. Um, I think that one of the things that bothers people when it comes to police officers um, is that police officers have a badge. They're sworn in. And so people in the community tend to hold them to a higher standard. But going back to what we said earlier, they are still human. So there's going to be those instances where they make mistakes, sometimes intentional, sometimes unintentional. But those the ones who intentionally um, harm other individuals because of their race or religion or things of that matter, those people need to be held accountable. And when they are not held accountable, that causes a breakdown in the trust that the community has for them. And, and it's really sad because, like I said earlier, there are, there are really some really good police officers out there. But you got these bad apples right now overshadowing the good ones. Yes, we do have the bad apples. And unfortunately, with the racial disparities that we find, the stop and frisk, the searches, the arrests, especially in very large communities of color, we find that they're disproportionately um, arresting people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find that police function differently in higher income uh, societies versus lower income societies that we tend to overlook in terms of to tend to how people value police, how people trust police, the amount of arrest in the, arrest in those communities. Um, and so that brings up the point about having bad apples. Unfortunately, when we talk about bad apples and good apples, we never talk about the good apples. And when we focus on the bad apples, we notice that they get the brunt of the media attention, and rightly so. Um, there were more than 4.4 million stops in New York City by the police department. And out of those 4.4 million stops, 88% were black and Hispanics. Now, they're not the majority population in New York City, but over 88% of them were stopped. And so that's another example of where a lot of bad apples can move and cause negative harms to the community. Absolutely. So that leads into the next thing, which is how can this narrative be changed? Like we recognize, we understand that there are some corrupt officers out there. How can we begin to change this narrative so that law enforcement can begin to gain the trust of the community again and not just 
one community but all communities because when you're sworn in you're sworn in to protect and serve all individuals not just these and you know a certain group of people well miss parker let's keep in mind for more than 40 years now we've had an influx of drugs guns and increased violence that has caused the breakdown between communities of color and law enforcement. And police have a very strong police union. And they have something called the blue line. We have something called that they don't report on each other. They don't tell on each other. So they, the good apples sometimes are punished for the things they do while the bad apples are led to get away. So one of the things that we have to start with the police unions and say, hey, we want you all to promote and support the good officers and we and stop defending these bad apples. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the problems that we have is that the police unions play a very strong and important role in policing in our society. So how can we do things? We can have a community board where there's community members on the board that are able to bring these matters to the forefront. I'll tell you a small story. Uh, Michelle Alexander, uh, she wrote a book called The New Jim Crow. And she talks about in her, uh, and when she talks about the book, she talks about her being in California and um, she set up a 1-800 number for citizens in the Bay Area to call this number if they have had issues with law enforcement. So they were inundated with calls, inundated with calls, inundated with calls of citizens talking about the wrongdoings of the police in their community. So there was a one young man who came in and he had detailed all the stops that he had with the police and they were categorized. And she said his record keeping was immaculate. And so she began to ask him a little bit about his background. And she said, it came out that he actually was an offender. And she told him, hey, well, I'm sorry, I won't be able to take your case. So she told him, excuse me, the young man told him, no, you are part of the problem. I thought I could come here for help. And I see that you are part of the problem. And so as she's narrating the story, he throws his files all up in the air and walks out. Mm. And so that becomes, it it really starts to ask a, a question here. Who's the perfect citizen for us to then take the report of what police are doing in our communities? That's a that's a that's a very good question. I think a similar I mean a simpler approach would be just holding those few bad apples accountable. You know, if they commit the law, the law that they're sworn to uphold. So if they commit a crime, such as using excessive force, that should be a crime. Um when not ne- when it's not necessary um i think that they should go through the the legal procedures and the court system i don't know if they have to imagine them being black but 
do whatever is necessary to hold them accountable. Okay, so I have a question for you. According to the Washington Post, it stated that 2,890 African Americans were handcuffed but not arrested in a 13-month period, while only 193 whites were handcuffed. So, the question becomes, are those bad apples, those police officers? So it's a very slippery slope when we're talking about bad apples. And so we have to narrow down exactly what actions that police are doing that are causing harm to communities and how we can hold them accountable. I, you know, here's, here's my, here's, here's where I'm coming from. If, you know, sometimes things happen gradually. So you're more, you're more likely to handcuff the black people um, and not so much the white people. So to me, that signifies either you are afraid and you might need to find a new profession or there might be some underlying racial stuff going on that needs to be addressed and pointed out because you can always start out minimally and then it can escalate later on. So I don't think that those small things need to be overlooked just because they're small you know these things can escalate and grow and grow and grow and then before you know it you're taking someone's life just because they're black start off with it could start off with okay you're gonna handcuff me today and then the next person that you pull over who is of color you know um i'm putting you in the back seat of my car and i'm beating you half to death and then the next person of color you know i'm gonna I'm gonna shoot you in the back twelve times. Mm. Well, I, that's, that brings up another point. There was another Stanford study that found that officers spoke differently to African Americans than to non-African Americans, using only the words an officer uses during a traffic stop. We can predict whether that officer is talking to a black person or a white person with a sixty. Six percent accuracy. Interesting. So we even find in this concept of what mental health and racism, where we're talking about how law enforcement treats people of color, and what are ways that we can try to talk about this subject that leads to positive, constructive results. And one of the ways that we have to talk about, and we're moving to the last section, is. How do police unions play in regards to this current situation with, with communities of color? And police unions usually uphold the blue line of silence, the code of silence. Because regardless, unions, regardless, police unions rarely self-report. So it's a whole structural concept that going forward has to change in this process. Absolutely right. It's it's a it's it needs to be revamped completely. I I would say. 
and it has to start from within. It has to start from police officers themselves because, unfortunately, uh, the blue line is the blue line, and there's someone across the blue line. And so I know having, you know, you have worked in law enforcement in the past, you understand that concept. So mm-hmm. police officers within the blue line have to be advocating for these changes. They're human beings and they're citizens just like you and I. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, I'm hoping and praying that, you know, something can happen because it is becoming a little much to continue to see some of the things that we have to witness um, via the media or through hearsay or on social media. It's becoming it's becoming a bit much. And and part two of this of this um segment we're going to get into the mental health aspect of how people are affected um how their mental health is affected as a result of having to experience um a traumatic racist experience Uh, i think that's with the police yeah because the scenario is dealing with a police officer so it's definitely i can't wait for that scenario i can't wait (laughs) Yes, so we're going to definitely get into that part. So please, everyone, um, stay tuned. We will definitely be addressing part two of this segment. It was uh, too much information and too valuable of information to just squeeze into one segment. Um, Mr. Eugene, I want to thank you so much for being a part of this podcast today um, on this very important topic. Um, your input was very, very, um, it's valued and it's um, very necessary. So thank you so much for being a part of this. You're welcome and thank you for having me and have a pleasant tomorrow. Absolutely. Everyone, thank you so much for joining in to our podcast today. That is all that we have for today. Um, I hope that you found this helpful. Please stay tuned for more of our podcasts um, centered around uh, mainly mental health, which is going to be our our part two, part two of our podcast. Um, I hope that you find meaning and purpose in your life. And until our next podcast, please don't give up. Be careful and stay blessed.